Yo, welcome to another podcast. Uh, we've been through the news, found some weird stories. Look, obviously today would have been a big day for going heavy on Lids Trust news. It never plays well when I do that on the radio. I get complaints. Well, annoyingly, here's what happens, right? You know when Liz Trust was a thing during that brief period? And I do jokes about Liz Trust during that period. And peop- I think there's like one person who would then complain, but not about my Liz Trust stuff directly. They'd find everything else in the show worthy of writing to Ofcom. Oh, I can't believe I've been silenced by it. But I suppose it has, works quite well, actually, that, doesn't it? Um, so instead, we'll just do it on the podcast where people can't complain to Ofcom. Um... So, yeah, I mean, look, that was an interesting article that she wrote. Maybe we'll talk about it later in this, but I get the feeling, I've not sat down to write it yet, but this week's newspaper column that I write might be about Liz Truss. Yes, so that way people would have to complain to a different place. It's just, you know, if I can make these uh, people have to Google different addresses, at least that's something. Meanwhile, here's what we got up to on radio earlier today. How was your weekend? How... Monday show, I normally tell you what I got up to in terms of gigs. I did South End. On Friday night, it was a lovely gig in one of the hotels there. I was actually recognised. Shout out to you if you are the bloke who recognised me. I was sat there with a laptop trying to write jokes or whatever, and this guy said, you look familiar, which you never know if it's going to be some shotgun wedding thing. That's how it starts, isn't it? Um, but no, it wasn't that, as it turns out. He said, you've been on the telly recently. It's like, I have, yeah. Says, you that bloke from Time FM. Whee! For the first time in my entire career, I've been recognised. So, feels like this overnight success might finally happen. At my age, I'm still waiting for that big break, which feels a little bit like I've sat nowhere near a bus stop waiting for a bus. But anyway, so shout out to you if you're that bloke. On the show today, we will probably mention that a few times because it makes me feel good about myself. We'll also talk about... there's a How much do you think a breakfast should cost? We'll cover that story. Um... There's, I can't even read my own handwriting on that one. Spy balloons need to be mentioned. What's your name? That's not the phone-in. Or maybe we should do that as a phone-in. That would be low-hanging fruit, wouldn't it? And nappies are in the news. Or maybe just because I'm a new dad, I'm obsessed with nappies. We'll find out, won't we? US jets downed a suspected Chinese spy balloon. You must have seen pictures of it. If you've not, go and have a look at uh, social media. If you track me down on Twitter, there's a, I've got a picture on there, some video that I nicked off the internet of the moment when the missile thing popped the balloon. Oh, imagine from like Miles Wales and it, poo! Imagine the size of the teddy bear they won after that. Poo! A massive goldfish in a bag. Poo! What do you reckon? Do you think it actually is a spy balloon? Or is it, as the Chinese say, a weather balloon? If it is a weather balloon, would you care about the weather over, was it like the Carolina coast? What does that impact you, China? Would you want to know what it's like over there? So the operation was underway in the Atlantic to try and recover the debris. Uh, I've not checked to see if they've got it or not yet. I suppose they had to pop it over water so it couldn't land on people. But um, the balloon, which had been flying around 60,000 feet, was estimated to be the size of three school buses. Uh, and then it was blasted with a missile. U.S. President Joe Biden told reporters that we're going to take care of it, which I thought, because you know what Biden's like, was probably going to be, you know, house it, give it food and water. It's not. China's denied any claims that it's spying. It's difficult to know what it is, isn't it, really? Because if it is a weather balloon, why do they care about the weather? But if it is spying, it's not great stealth technology, this huge white balloon up there. At least you could have painted it sky colour. Do you know what I mean? I'm no expert on espionage, but... 
When you drive on a motorway these days, they have those massive factories and warehouses that are painted that blend in with the sky. If they can hide an Amazon warehouse, China probably could have gone about this balloon a bit differently. In case you've only just joined the show because I keep plugging this stuff on social media all the time. So in theory, new listeners turn up, but you know, there's no evidence of that. Um, but if you don't know, 10 months ago, I became a father for the first time. You're right. Congratulations to me. I did do a lot of hard work. However, <laughs> it's a very stressful day, that day of the birth. I had to blow up the water pool and everything. I had to keep the water the right temperature in there, honestly. But now I'm a new dad. These kind of stories obsessed, I'm obsessed with. New smart nappy has been invented that texts the parents to tell them when their baby needs changing. This is the technology I've been waiting for. Got an Ill inbuilt sensor that can detect when, you know, it's wet or there's something else going on there. Baby's part of the lunch. It's a US tech firm that's invented this thing. Um, and I like this because it means you don't have to do what... I, I never realised I'd reach an age where I have to sniff a nappy as often as I do. And when, when he was first born, me and the missus, we didn't go near him. We're like, you, you smell it. You see if he's done one. And now she'll shout, has he, has he sold his nappy? And you just pick the kid up and just go... It's hard to tell. It's a little bit 50-50 on that one. And I'm starting to realise, as much as that is what all new parents do, I'm not sure I should. Because someone said to me the other day, are you looking forward to like setting a good role model for your son? I think I've already failed. He's <laughs> seen me sniff nappies. So I'm after this technology since they bring it over here. Normally on a Monday, I like to keep the show light and happy. However, I have found distressing news. As a food expert has said that a fry-up should cost in the region of £50. You what, mate? Are you having an absolute laugh? So the chairman of the English Breakfast Society, I don't even know how to pronounce his name, it's G-U-I-S-E. Goosey? Goosey Buell. Is it not Goosey? I'm saying Goosey. Goosey Buell, chairman of the English Breakfast Society, believes that greasy spoons have nearly killed off good breakfasts. He said a top quality dish should cost around 50 quid. For a fry-up? I thought there was one meal that the middle-class people hadn't ruined for us. No, turns out the fry-up, now they're getting, oh no, you couldn't possibly have, I have to have sustainably sourced soy eggs. Chog on, you absolute. Um, he says a top-quality selection of eggs, sausages, beans and buttered toast should cost way more than it does. Well, just leave a huge tip if you're that fancy pants. This 43-year-old said, yes. I imagine that's how he talks. The breakfast has slipped down the class system from being an opulent breakfast containing very high quality meats with multiple choices, which is expensive to the middle classes into the greasy spoon territory. Oh, I do apologise for being able to afford breakfast. You, He's wrong. You know you're having a good fry-up when... Dot, dot, dot. Answer the question. I'll go first. You know you're having a good fry-up when... For the full day after, you can't quite get rid of the greasy feeling. It's your, your hands and your shirt feel. Ooh. You know you've had a good quality one when it's it's lingering a bit. You know what I mean? What do you think defines a good fry-up? None of this fifty quid lark. Tweet at Mr. Stephen Allen. Eternal on the way next, which kind of vaguely reminds me, just because I saw Louise Nerding, Redknapp, whatever, tweet Michelle Gale. You know how previously on the show 
I played Michelle Gale's Sweetness because it was recently her birthday and I sent her a tweet a while ago and she favorited it. So what I did was I recorded myself saying on radio, here's your song for your birthday, took the recording of it, tried to tweet it, but you can't, you have to make video. So I made a video of it with a little logo saying, this is from my show. I then tweeted it to Michelle Gale thinking, we've got to be best mates. And she clicked favorite and that's it. So that's, <clears throat> I guess we're not best mates. That's all that's happened. It's worth a try, worth spending hours on that for no results. Um, we're talking about what makes a good fry-up. You know you've had a good fry-up when... Dot, dot, dot. Paul says, you know you've had a good fry-up when you feel five years older for most of the week after. Oh, I know the one. Oh, it's laying me low, that one. Oh, it's sitting a bit heavy. It's sitting a bit warm. It's probably a boy sitting low, that one. Um... Who's this one coming through here? Uh, Phil says, uh, you know you've had a good fry-up when you get spots after, like you're a teenager again. That's great. You have a lovely breakfast and you feel young because it gives you spots. Keep these coming through if you think anything defines a good fry-up. Rather than the news story, some bloke saying it costs 50 quid. You can jog on. You have to jog on after a fry-up, actually. You know that we're here to try and help you out with the cost of living crisis. It costs how much? Exactly. Well, here's a new story that could help. Skint couples are being told to give each other memory scrapbooks for Valentine's Day. Money-saving specialists have come up with the idea of how to do free and cheap uh, gifts. This is in the actual newspaper. We did this as a phone-in last week. We are leading the news agenda. And one thing that we didn't think of, because we were being silly, but they came up with is, instead of spending money on your other half, we're with you on that one. What you should do instead is produce like a scrapbook of memories of lovely times that you've had together. Those memories of the things you've been through. And I thought that's nice, but I don't know if I need one of those in my relationship. Because if ever I need to relive things that have happened between me and my partner, um, just need to have a row because she'll bring them all up. So it's like a time capsule, isn't it? What's your name? If you're called Barry, I've got some bad news for you right now. Sorry, Barry. Sit down, Barry. They've published a list of the least attractive names. Now, Barry, this will come as no surprise. I'm afraid you've topped the list for men. In terms of the names that women find the least attractive, Barry is at number one. And then Stuart Mike. Come on, ladies. Mike? Magic Mike is like the go-to reference for sexy men. And you're like, yeah, it's all right. I don't like the name, though. Oof, your standards are really high. Gordon and Reese. Oh. Um, there is a list of least attractive names from the bloke side of it, and I can be honest, we don't care about names. <laughs> so according to the survey, unattractive names from the bloke's point of view includes um, number five, Natalie. I've, I've kissed a Natalie. Is it just one? Yeah, I definitely, I've kissed a Natalie. She was lovely. Um, and number one on the list is Candice. Never met one of those. Number two is a Kirsty. I did. I very much had some enjoyable times with a Kirsty. More than just the snog. She was delightful. So I used to think, I don't think blokes care about names. Although I did want to point out the Chantelle's on the list. And at number four, in terms of least attractive female names, Liz. But in her defense, it wasn't her fault. It was the left-wing agenda that ruined it for her. What? In the news, elephant poop collected from Longleat Safari Park is being used to make paper at the Frogmore Paper Mill in Hertfordshire, um, which that story again, I will no longer be licking envelopes. That's, I don't really understand much details, but I know never to do that again. 
Well, there's a story about Mini Driver that's too rude. We'll save that for the podcast-only thing, which I guess we're, st- we're talking about what makes a good breakfast, a fry-up. Some food expert said, Yes, it really should cost £50. Well, don't worry, with the rate of inflation, give it a week and it probably will. But I don't think showing off that you're Mr. Moneybags is the way to show that you know a good fry-up. What are the things that let you know you know a good fry-up? Rachel says, um, you know you've had a good fry-up when you donate blood two days later and you can smell bacon. Is that... Oh, that feels like... They should... You're right. They should do the sniff test on you. I know they do other tests when you give blood, but they should give it a little... It's a bit gravy, that, isn't it? You can have that back. Um, Other signs that you think you know you're having a good fry-up, you can tweet me, at Mr. Stephen Allen. Uh, you can get in touch by emails to onair at time1075.net. Keep the chat going with the good, the things that let you know you're having a good fry-up. But I did notice that for Friday, there was Boris Johnson being interviewed on the telly. On Sunday, there was Liz Truss being, uh, it wasn't interviewed, was it? She wrote an essay for The Telegraph. Nothing quite like an essay to really get people going. And I think with Boris Johnson and Liz Truss both being prominent in the news... It's like one of those episodes of Doctor Who when they get previous Doctors back, only just more terrifying. Um, but no, I mean, I, I wouldn't. I'm not here to say I wouldn't like any of them to come back. In fact, to be honest, I do quite a good Boris Johnson impression, so it would make my stage work better. Right, I think we're just about done, other than the this is a new story that, yeah, it's a bit too rude to do on radio. Actress Minnie Driver has revealed that she only has sex when she's doing the washing because she's worried about people hearing any noises that she she might make which um it's not a bad piece of advice it's uh it would get you banned from the laundrette however well i say that it might get you uh, money off it's difficult to know isn't it anyway that's that news story and we're up to date with all of the weird stuff from the news as i say check the newspaper column for the stuff about liz truss although i think we managed to sneak one joke in there didn't we i'm sure sure someone will moan um and until next time subscribe to wherever you found this Tweet me at Mr. Stephen Allen. And until next time, bye.